All righty. It's good to be here this morning. I feel like I hadn't preached here in a long time. But you might not have noticed that. But we've had some good messages, right? Um, I actually, I had a couple of announcements I wanted to do this morning. I'm the worst announcer there ever has been. Okay, how many people in this room believe in uh, Christian activism? Hand. Call it Christian. You know, love life is like Christian activism. It's a prayer. It's prayer, prayer walking. Well, I met this guy the other night at the Friday night worship, and uh, I noticed this guy. Uh, he's been here a couple times, and he was really, what I noticed about him, he's a real worshiper. Uh, I mean, that really, I mean, just you could just see it all over him the whole time, him and his wife both. And uh, he was sort of a striking guy, a big guy. And <clears throat> anyways, afterwards, he introduced himself to me, and he was, he was telling me something that he, he's doing in terms of activism. Some of you may have seen some people on the corner of certain uh, busy intersections in Mooresville with signs and stuff. Has anybody seen that? Yeah, well, that's this guy. He's doing this. And he says it's, he says it's not political at all. It's, uh, you know, activism against uh, mandates. And activism against, uh, I guess you could call it council culture, uh, you know, censorship. You know, because so, we don't believe in censorship of any anything. We don't. If you take the rights away of any person, you take the rights away of all people. So even people we don't want to hear, we don't want to censor them. We just want to we want to lead them to the truth. And so, um, you know, I know some people love doing that kind of thing and. Uh, Activism. I, do, I mean, I'm big on the activism about abortion because I definitely believe that's something God wants to... I believe that's how our country is going to be healed is that's the door. That's the big demonic door on us. And if we can ever shut that door, then we can see a lot of these lesser things happening. But anyways, he's going to do, he's going to do this uh, thing this, this Saturday, the 12th of February, from 1230 to 2 next to... How people know where Duckworth is in Mooresville? There's an old gas station there that's abandoned because they're, they're yeah, they tore the gas station down because they're going to widen the road there, in, you know, in 10 years. So they went in and tore the, store, <laughs> tore, the, tore the store down now. It's going to be there. So if you'd be interested in going over there uh, and join them, if, if that was to be something that would move your heart to do, or just pray for them, you know, because I do, I, I was struck by the guy. He was a real worshiper, honestly, and that was really the thing that endeared me to him and very humble man. Amen? Amen. Hey, I got a couple more uh, announcements. Would you like some more? Yeah. I got to hurry up or I won't be doing no preaching. <laughs> First, I want to tell you about this dream I had uh, that was really significant for me a couple of nights ago. I'll t- tell you just one, one part of it that's, uh, I, know, I think I, I was at a doctor's, I was at the doctor, okay, and it just so happened the doctor's office was at my grandma's house. Okay, well, I was thinking about my grandma's house. My grandma's house, it was embarrassing how much I was celebrated and loved in that house growing up. I mean, I was like the man when I'd walk in the door. I mean, you know, it really literally was embarrassing to me because it was like, oh, you know, y'all leave me alone, and I'm not that good. (laughs) But I was very loved there by my grandma and my aunts uh, for some reason. Never quite fair. They didn't really know me that well. 
They didn't know the devious guy that they were loving on. But anyways, uh, I and this other person were is in this doctor. And, this, and the doctor was an, uh, really an old man, uh, a, an aged guy. And he, I guess he was doing like a physical, an annual physical on me. And, you know, normally you wouldn't have another person in there. At least I've never done that. And uh, I've had nurses, you know, come in and out. But at the end, I said, man, you've been a doctor a long time, haven't you? Yeah. I said, you've, I said things have really changed. He said, this is what he said to me. He said, things have changed for sure, okay? But the method and the means are the same, basically. It's the person standing in front of you that needs care. That's what he said to me, the person standing in front of you that needs care. And I feel like that doctor was the, was the Lord. And I feel like he was speaking to us, speaking to me, I think for all of us that the person standing in front of you, that we need to be paying attention to the people around us, that people need care right now. And I know that for a fact because we're in a worse time of spiritual warfare than we've been in a long time. And so it is really a time of warfare in our country for a lot of things. And y'all gotten serious on me. And I felt like that daughter was, like I said, was the Lord. I'm not sure who this other person was because this other stuff happened in the dream I don't really want to talk about because it's more on a personal level, I think. But I just wanted to encourage you to pay attention to the people God puts in front of you because there's people that need to be taken care of right now. You know, and you're the person to take care of them. If God's put them in front of you, you have the goods for them. And the good is the Lord himself. Amen? Amen. You know, in the book of Nehemiah, uh, there was a time where they, uh, when Nehemiah uh, told the people building, the, they were re- rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem that had been destroyed. Uh, and, and part of that, rebuilding the wall, a time came where they had to, where they had to actually stop for a season because of the, of the attacks. But Nehemiah said, you gotta get, we got to get back to, to building again. And he said, you're going to have a trial, not a Bat, you know, a trial or something, masons use, right? Right? Are y'all with this as a tool? Well, whatever it is, y'all. Come on. It's something you put in your hand and rub concrete. You know? English was never fascinating to me. You know? But science was. Anyways. Um, so he said a sword and a, what did y'all call it? Yeah, in one hand. So there's a... So what I want to encourage you, because we are, are this is an intense time we're in, but you've got you to get back to building again, whatever that means for you personally. You can't just disengage in what God's called you to do, who God's called you to be, the mission that God's given you. You can't just quit that. You've got to get back on the wall spiritually and start doing that. And when the time comes to put your what down, your trowel, and pick up your sword and go smash some devils. You could do that, and then you go back to doing that. So I want to really encourage you to do that, okay? You've got to do both. You can't just do one. You've got to do both right now. Amen? The other thing was this, and this Becky and I were talking about this morning because the Lord woke us both up real early, but she got up, I didn't. She's more virtuous. Right? I didn't get up. I'm thinking, I'm going to go back to sleep. I ain't doing this, Lord. But I didn't. It's terrible when you get woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
Anyway, when God, she was telling me she'd been, she was reading about Naaman. Remember Naaman, the guy who was the general in the Syrian army, a mighty man, but he was lepros, had leprosy. And this, this is a, one of the great stories of a, one of Elisha's healings that he did. And a servant girl told him, one of his servant girls told him about Elisha. And so somehow they can got his servant, I think, got Elisha to come. And Elisha... And Elisha they texted him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, he went to Israel. Yeah. Because they were kicking, they were st- stepping on Israel at that point in time pretty hard. But he went, and, uh, and so Elisha told him, this is what I need for you to do. I need you to go dip in the Jordan River. Okay? Seven times. And if you'll do that, the Lord will heal you. Well, he got offended. Okay? And, you know, but his servant said to him, hey, you know, uh, because he said the Jordan is just a muddy, it's a mud hole, and there's so many greater rivers in Syria. Yeah. Amen. That's what he said, and, and, he, and it's, he said if he, if he would have waved his hand or something like that, and, and it, but his servant admonished him for that and told him he needed to, basically told him, you need to humble yourself. If you'll humble yourself, the Lord will heal you. And he did. He went and, and dipped seven times in the muddy Jordan. Amen. And I feel like the Lord really is calling the church in America to become a muddy Jordan because that's where the healing is. It's, it's going to really take some humility for us to really see God touch people. And I think that's one of the things the Lord's been speaking to me over and over, that the, that the United States of America needs a humble church. And I just believe that Muddy Jordan is such a beautiful picture of a humble church where people can go and find the Lord. Because a lot of awesome stuff happened at the Jordan. Jesus was baptized there. Amen. Are y'all, are y'all doing fine this morning? And I wanted to tell you that we went to River Life Chapel Hill. This is it because I'm ruining my message. We went to River Life Chapel Hill last week, right? And it was really good. That church is doing very well. Uh, so praise God. And you guys, you know, y'all had a lot to do with helping them come to the place to be able to do well. Uh, and they got a lot, you know, I've told a lot of pastors, because most churches have really kind of been d- diminished over the last two or three years in America, believe it or not. They're being, churches are being diminished like crazy right now. Um, but that is one church that actually has flourished through the pandemic. And they flourished, man. I mean, you wouldn't believe it. It's like a different place. You know, it's, and it's the Holy Spirit. He's just done something there that's amazing. So I'm so proud of them, you know, and happy for what the Lord's going to do there more and more. They're all over in the campus of chapter. Of course, they're probably grieving today. Don't be, yeah, don't, because, you know, this, they got attacked by some demons last night. They were blue demons. Yeah. Anyways, and I'm not saying anything to Stacy because I know she's gotten some. She's not fully delivered yet. <laughs> We're trying to work on her. Hey, I'm going to read something to you. You know, I'm just going to say, uh, you know, a few months ago, I, I think I told you all this. I don't care if you forgot it or you're tired of me saying it. But I've, I came to this place, this was last year, where I just feel like, Lord, I need, I need some help. Uh, because this is such a difficult time we're in uh, to be a pastor. 
And really, it's a difficult time to be any kind of leader. It's a difficult time to be a, a leader in your family or your business, wherever you may find yourself. This has been the most challenging time, and I couldn't uh, figure out how to, you know, gosh, we've been through so many things. This church has been through tragedy and brokenness beyond measure, uh, which I thought I could just reflect back to that and take learnings from that, you know, and go forward. But And I was able to do a couple of little things, okay, like keep going. That was the one. If you're in a mess, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Did you hear that? Walk through. You just, if you just keep going, no matter what you're in, God, you will come out the other end. It may not look like it. And it may not feel like it, but there is a God on the other end. There's a God with you, and he's there waiting on you. So that was one of the great lessons. Just keep going. You're going to get through this. Amen. And some people, you know, it's hard to do that. I get it day in and out. But, that's, but that was the only thing. I couldn't figure out. So I had this great thought one day, this out of the blue. Like, wow, you know, in the Bible, there's these seven churches that Jesus talked to. And most of these seven churches were in a mess. I mean, they were in a big mess. Like, it makes our mess look like we're on top of the mountaintop. We're on, you know, heaven has come down compared to them. So I think I will read and see if God might speak to me. But then I had this other brilliant thought. But I probably should read the first chapter of Revelation just to kind of be more legal, right? <laughs> chapter 1, chapter 2, you know, just don't be random. Because uh, I'm a pretty random person, actually, but... Anyway, so I started doing that. And, man, it just really has been such a, an amazing thing uh, for me. Uh, chapter 1 is just, I just can't tell you the impact it's had on my life. Um, it, here's one of the biggest impacts it's had on me. It's helped me go to a greater place in worship, literally. It really has because it's helped me to see how precious the, the Lord really is. And it's helped me to see... Uh, aspects of Christ that I have really never seen before and, and how, how so precious he is and what he has done. That's what that whole book is really about, is about what he's done and how he is who he really is. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he has defeated everything that has come against him. And I've been in chapter 4 and 5 recently, and that's sort of like, Literally, y'all, I don't know if this offends people or not, but that is drunkenness in the spirit. I mean, you will get intoxicated meditating on those chapters where you just feel, whoa. It is, it's like the power chapters in the Bible because it's heaven. And he go, John goes to heaven. Well, I'm not talking about that yet. In fact, I, yeah, I did, but I just wanted to encourage you. God has more for us. We're in a time where God is getting his people close to something spectacular. Amen? I mean, there I feel it, y'all. I'm telling you I do. And I have been through times where I felt nothing about God moving. It was just get through the moment. But more and more, I just feel this thing stirring inside of me. Okay? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is beginning to stir in, in the depths of people's bellies, where he, down in the gut of our hearts, He's beginning to stir people in different ways, in different situations, because he's going to do something. Amen? 
So I want to encourage you with that. And let me hurry up and get done with this. I got to hurry. Would y'all, y'all want me to go fast? No? <laughs> that guy's a worshiper. <laughs> he can hang out forever. He, he's already got this business about the, the glass, glassy sea. He already knows about it. He just don't know he knows about it. But he's been there. In fact, let me just say this. If you're born again, you've been there. Everybody in this room, you've been there. That's where you started. You started up there. You started up there, and he sent you down here as a little baby on a mission. Every human being on this planet was here by God on a mission. The key is discovering that mission by being born again. And so part of preaching the gospel is helping people discover their mission. It's not just getting them saved. It's helping them discover their mission, why they're here. You know, and we're walking around halfway, half the time deceived about why we're here. But you were put here for a purpose. I mean, even people who were, you know, born out of incest or born out of rape or any terrible thing, they're still here for a purpose. Because the Bible tells us in Job that God forms every human being. In other words, there's not a person in this room where God has not already put his hands on you. He formed you. He says, you formed me in my mother's womb. That means God personally put his hands on this little... That's why abortion's terrible. It's killing something that God is making. It's killing something that God's making. And so God forms us and touches us. And I believe this. I can't prove it. I'm just going to have to hurry up here. I keep saying that. I believe in heaven... When before we came to earth as babies, that God had a conversation with us. Now, I can't prove this in the Bible, okay? But, but there are indi- indications in the Bible. Before you formed me, by knew, you knew me. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's a knowledge of God. And in heaven, he has this conversation. I'm going to send you, and here's the family you're going to be born into. Here's the situation you're going to be born into. Here's the circumstances you're going to be born into. And one of these days your eyes will be open, but you're not, and you have this mission, and here's what your mission is, but here's the big deal. You ain't going to know any of it. You, want, you don't get to know it because everything's by faith. And when you're born and you're born again, but little by little you'll discover the, what the Bible calls the blueprint of our lives because God has a blueprint that you and he agreed to, I believe. I'm not saying that's the Bible. I'm saying the Bible indicates that to me you and God agreed to a blueprint for your life you agreed to who would be your parents you agreed to what country you would be born in what your skin color would be how you would act how you would talk you agreed with God you made an agreement with him and you came to earth and now we're in the midst of discovering something amazing it's, it really is amazing man well here's what it said in, in Revelations 3 1 I'll get to this message Is everybody doing good? Yeah, man, come on, Holy Spirit, right? To the angel of the church in Sardis. Everybody say Sardis. Right, he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this. I know your works, that you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. So let me begin by saying this. Remember this. Every church, Jesus addresses them and reveals himself to them as they need to know him. There was a need there for them to know him. Each one of them is different. In this case, Jesus comes as him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. And the stars are the messengers, the angelic messengers. 
and the seven spirits of God. So that's, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the seven spirits of God. Are you interested? about the, Have you ever just wondered, like, what? Seven spirits of God? What is this seven spirit stuff? I don't know about you, but that was fascinating to me, is are there seven Holy Spirits? Because it says there's, he who has the seven spirits of God. Uh, so Jesus has these seven spirits. These are something that he has. And, and so really it's uh, important for us. First, I wanted to say this about the Holy Spirit uh, and about the Father. Here's how you, this is how you get to know the Holy Spirit. Would you like to get, how, get to know the Holy Spirit? Anybody in here? Yes. Here's how you get to know the Holy Spirit. Get to know Jesus Christ. That's how you get to know, because here's what Jesus said in John 14. He said, I'm going to send another helper like me. That's what he said. He's like me. He's not me, but he's like me. And so if we get to, as we get to know Christ, we're automatically going to get to know the Holy Spirit. So as a, a people who would put their focus on Christ, is getting, whether they're aware of it or not, or they're getting to know the Holy Spirit on a personal level. Also, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said this about God the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's what he said. So the more you know Christ, the more you'll know the Father. And so that's why the church should always be Christ-centered. I mean, always. Because the more we know him, the more we're going to get to know the Trinity. And the more we're going to see that God's a Trinity. Uh, somehow he's worked all that out by being one God and three persons at the same time. Who cares, right, <laughs> how he worked it out? It just worked out, right? The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and there's one God. All right, are y'all excited or not? Come on. <laughs> Ooh, you're getting there. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to give you just a brief overview of the book of Revelation, what it says about the seven spirits of God. Uh, first, let's look at uh, John, jump back to John 1.4. It says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. So, like I said, there's not seven Holy Spirits. There's one Holy Spirit. So, as you probably well know, seven speaks of completeness. Seven speaks of fullness. The seven spirits of God represent the complete and full work of the Holy Spirit in the earth. That's what the complete and full work of the Holy Spirit. You see, we've got a lot of our revelation about the Holy Spirit from different places, rightfully so. We've got them from the Gospels, right? We've, you know, he will clothe you with power. That's what it says. Well, you, he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You know, so we've got a lot of this. We've got a lot of that, you know, from Corinthians and Romans about the gifts of the Spirit and about all those things. But, but Revelation gives us a broader picture of the Holy Spirit, of who He is and what He does. So what the Lord wants to do is He wants to begin to download Revelation of the Holy Spirit from the book of Revelation because that's a, there's a more fuller revelation of the Holy Spirit to come to the church. There is, is common, and, and we desperately need this because it was the complete work of the Holy Spirit. Okay, the seven spirits are seven lamps of fire, Revelation 4, 5. I love this. It says, from the, are y'all, is this interesting to y'all? It says, and from the throne, these are powerful verses, proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Mm-hmm. Just a little hint, uh, all through the Bible, uh, Storms sort of surrounded wherever God went. 
You can go all through the Bible, lightnings, thunderings, voices, uh, how when God would start manifesting, those kind of things happen. And we're talking something spiritual. But I tell you, we're going to begin to experience things like that. It says, seven lamps of fire were, bef- were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So this seven spirits of God, this manifestation of the Holy Spirit, they're in heaven, and it says they're burning before the throne of God. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing in heaven right now because He's everywhere in heaven. He's burning. He's, he's on fire in heaven. That's exciting. Okay, now listen to me, y'all, about fire. We need to get some. Have you ever heard somebody say fire? Or if you would go to Hispanic service and they pray for it, mass fuego. Y'all ever heard that? That's more fire. You know, and those are really awesome prayers to pray over somebody because this is another cool thing about fire. I just wanted to read a few things from the Bible. I'm just going to tell, tell them to you. Fire is commonly associated when God appears in the Bible. His presence is, is connected with fire. The presence of the Lord. When the, so when the presence of the Lord comes, the fire of God comes. That's why you hear mass fuego. Here's some great examples. The burning bush that Moses, when he appeared to Moses, when God gave the, the law to Moses on Mount Sinai, the mountain was on fire. It was on fire. Elijah called down fire from heaven on Mount Carmel when he was facing the the prophets of Baal and burned their stuff up. Daniel says, listen to this, Daniel saw a river, this is Daniel chapter 7, a river of fire proceeding from the throne of God. Part of this river of God is not just water, fire is mingled into it. Ezekiel saw that same river, he saw the water, but he also saw fire mingled in Ezekiel chapter 1. He saw this fire. I mean, that's the Spirit of God in there. I think that's pretty cool. Oh, Psalm 97 verse 3. Some of you old-time people will remember this. says, a fire goes before him. That's, uh, and then it says in verse 5 of Psalm 97, the hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. The hills melt like wax. That's the fire of God coming. So his presence brings a fire. Of course, are y'all getting excited about this? I'm really, of course, he calls angels messengers of fire, right? See, this is very biblical. All this stuff is so much a part of our inheritance in Christ. It's so much a part of who we are and what we have traded away. We've traded away. We have traded it away. We have given up. The most precious thing that God has given for being looking good or being popular or whatever it is. Or we don't understand it. So we trade away the very heartbeat of God, which is very the presence of God, which is his fire. Because who wants to be associated with that crowd, right? The fire crowd. Well, I'm telling you, I do. Yeah, there you go. You know, Jesus promised us. He said, the Holy Spirit, he's going to baptize you with, in the Holy Spirit and fire. There's a baptism of the Spirit and there's a baptism of fire that God wants to bring on, the, in, on his people. And it's really important that we position ourselves to receive these things. Because then we begin to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Here's a couple more. I, one of my favorite 
chap books in the Bible, chapters is a road to a mess. Did our hearts not burn within us? That's when the word of God gets released to a person. It causes this fire to get gets in their heart, and they begin to burn. Isn't that beautiful? You know, Hebrews says our God is a consuming fire. And it says in Revelation 1 that Jesus' eyes were like flames of fire. That's what the Holy Spirit is about. That's what he wants to do in the earth. That's what he wants to release on his people. It's not just being wild. It's not being foolish. It's not being stupid. It's being biblical, y'all. It's being end-time believers. It's being who God created us to be and walking in who God created us to be. And a church that can bring healing to a broken world. A church that can speak life instead instead of adding to the division. Can bring the true unity of the Spirit into the world. And bring people to know this, this God who loves them and burns in his heart for them. I think it's pretty amazing. Yes and amen. So here's one more. i got to hurry up, man. Now, y'all tired of me saying that? Becky will fuss at me later about it. <laughs> yeah. Becky's great. She keeps me straight most of the time. She, that's why I won't let her go play golf with me. Because she would be mad at me. Yeah. So here's uh, Revelation 5, 6. Anyway, I, and I look to behold in the midst of the throne... And of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a stood a lamb. Everybody say stood a lamb. Stood a lamb. You know what that means? It means uh, uh, he was alive. This is a lamb that was slain. That, that's the, John was seeing this. This lamb ain't laying here dead. This lamb's standing, even though he was dead. Boy, a lot of revelation is about the power of resurrection. I tell you that. It's all these little things in here that are like woo. He's standing, man. He ain't laying. He ain't sitting. He ain't dead. He's standing up and moving and doing stuff. Having seven horns and seven eyes. That's a weird lamb, right? He got seven eyes. He got seven horns, which are the seven spirits of God. So those seven eyes means a completeness of God's revelation. His all-seeing eyes and those seven horns are the completeness of God's power because in the Bible, horns speak of power. That's what they speak of. Isn't that interesting? That's what the Holy Spirit wants, wants to do with us. Now, let me go back to Sardis. That's all that's in there. If you really want to go further, you can read in he, uh, Isaiah chapter 11, and it tells you the expressions of the seven spirit of God. It tells you what they are. And the first one is the spirit of the Lord. Just I'll tell you what they are. Are you interested? <laughs> spirit of the Lord, okay? Spirit of counsel and spirit of might. Got that spirit of wisdom and understanding, spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. That's the seven expressions, the fullness of the Holy Spirit coming into the earth. That's what it says in Isaiah. That's what it says about Jesus. This this spirit was resting on Jesus. Jesus' example, when he was on the earth, he had the fullness of the spirit. The Bible says he had the spirit without measure. That's what it is. The seven spirits of God had full access to Jesus and fully was flowing through him. I think that's pretty good. So here's a, let me just tell you this interesting fact about the church at Sardis. And we're going to get done here in 10 minutes, maybe. We're going to get done. Yeah, come on. Uh, About 100 years after John wrote the book of Revelation, a bishop of the church in Sardis wrote the first commentary on the book of Revelation. Isn't that cool? Uh, That's just a little fact. 
a hundred years, and this man writes a commentary. So people have been writing about this for a long time. His name Melito of Sartus. Sounds sounds interesting. But I don't think that commentary was very good because none of the people who talked about it shared how you could read it. So it's probably wasn't a very good commentary. This is what Jesus said about that church. He said, I know your works, that you have a name, that you're alive, but you're dead. Okay? Dead here does not mean lethargic, backslidden. No, you know what it means? It means corpse. That's what it means. It doesn't mean you guys are in rough shape. No, he said, no, you're not in rough shape. You're beyond where you're going to be buried. That's what we do. Or we're going to uh, incinerate you, cremate you, because you're dead. He said, you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. That was Jesus is talking to this church. You have a name. Listen, you have a name that you're something, but in my eyes, this is what you really are. According to history, this was the most fashionable and most popular church of all the seven churches. Everyone thought this church was the best church. This was the most dynamic church. This was the most active church. This was the church who did it the best of any of the churches. That's, that was the church. I mean, outward they looked alive, but to tell you the truth, spiritually it was a graveyard according to Jesus. It was a graveyard. It was made up of people who had, uh, what did they, had a form of godliness, but denied the power. It was made up of people who honored the Lord with their lips, but their hearts were far from them. That, that was the kind of people that was in that church. Um, you know, they worshiped the Lord because they were a real dynamic church, but they didn't really worship the Lord in spirit and truth. These are the things, what I'm saying to you are things that the Bible says and the Bible condemns about our relationship with the Lord. So my thought was like, well, how in the world are they a church then, Lord, if they're dead like that, right? How can they be a church? Because he called it a church. But he said, you're dead. You're a dead church. Here's why. Are y'all with me? There's a good purpose in this. You have a few names even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white. In other words, there was a remnant of people in that church that were true believers. And because they were there, the Lord gave that church a chance. He gave them a chance. And that's the chance America has. There's a few people. That's the chance the, the church in America has. And I'm not here to bash churches and do all that, but I am saying this, is God has a remnant of people. And because he has a remnant of people that truly love him and truly care about him, he is going to give the rest of the people that are dead as a doornail, he's going to give them a chance. He's going to give them an opportunity. And that's what he did there. I'm giving you a chance, not because you deserve a chance. You're dead. You don't deserve anything. But you... But because of those who here, who are here, who truly love me, who truly follow me, that's what he was saying. Isn't that beautiful? You know. So he comes to them and says, "What you need is you need the fullness of the Holy Spirit." That was his answer for that church. That's why he came, one who has the seven spirits of God. Is you need 
these seven spirits of God, really to be everything I've called you to be and do everything I've called you to do. Isn't that powerful? Well, let's see. The Lord wants to give them a chance. I think that's really beautiful. I got five more minutes, right? Let me read this verse. I'm going to read outside of, of uh, Revelations just for a second, then I'll go back to it. Because that was the thing that I think the Lord wants to do. He wants to do something for us. I was reading these verses recently, Hebrews eleven thirty nine 39 through 40. Those are the last two verses in the faith chapter, which probably most people don't really get there, right? Everybody can quote Hebrews 1, right? The definition of faith and we can all think about, you know, the different people uh, that it talks about in there. And then we kind of get to the second part where it talks about people dying and getting solitude and losing their loved ones. We kind of like start drifting away. And time we get to these last two chapters, we forget that God says something very profound in these last two verses. I mean, very profound. Listen to what he said. He's talking about all these people that they mentioned in Hebrews 11, which included the who's who of the Bible, of the spiritual giants. They're all mentioned. And he said, And all of these, having attained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something, listen to me, something better for us. Something better for us. But they sh- that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Something better for us. Here's, here's the problem that I see. We are so focused on all the bad stuff happening that we forget that God has something better for us. We have shifted our focus to what's going on in the world so much that we have allowed the something that's better for us. We're losing it. We're losing touch with the reality that God has. And so what God wants to do, okay, is God wants to shift us Okay, because I feel like when, when a person touches heaven or heaven touches them, I don't know how all that works ultimately, but when that happens, guess what you see? You do not see the doom and gloom. You don't see the problem. You start seeing the solution. Are y'all hearing me? You start seeing the solution when you start touching heaven. Suddenly the problem is not the big thing no more. In, in, the, in our country, the problem is everything. We have forgotten the solution. The solution's in heaven. The solution is the, the kingdom of God coming. The solution is God releasing this into the earth. And we're the ones like the remnant that can give the world a chance because God wants to give the world a chance. God wants to give the world out there a chance. And the only way he's going to be able to do that is us. We're the people that's going to give them a chance. But we're not going to be able to give them a chance if we are mired down in the clay and dirt and mud and manure that they are. The only way we're going to be able to do it is we have tapped into heaven and begin to see the solutions in heaven and begin to feel it. Now, listen, there's going to continue. Here's the way this thing's going to go. We got two tracks that are going in the world in front of us. We got a track of trouble. We've got a track of disruptions, of supply chain. All that stuff is it's on us. It's, I don't believe it's going to stop. But there's another track. 
there's another track that says there's something different. There's something different than you can't find toilet paper no more. There's something different than your politicians are doing bad stuff. Because he's sort of kind of exposing all that stuff now. But why is he exposing it? To bring a solution. Are y'all getting this? And, and, and when we begin to touch heaven, we begin to feel the solution. We begin to touch the solution. And suddenly we begin to see things. If you could go back just to that. Are y'all getting this? This is really intense, man, I think. Uh, the Revelation 3.3. 3. See, y'all have heard about this great reset thing? Have y'all ever heard about that? Well, I think it's negative, right? Some people, But I think God has a great reset. That's what I feel. God has a reset. He's trying to push the reset button. He's looking for people. If you'll let me, I will push the reset button. I will give you my reset. That's what he wants to do. He wants to reset things. And, and he's allowed things in our country to get messed up. A lot of us just to expose the, the depth of wickedness that's in our country. Because it's worse than we thought. And it's worse than we know. All the things that we're seeing now, all the bad stuff that's happening, it's way worse. It's, it's way worse. But God's allowing that to be exposed, not for us to be discouraged and pulled down and busted in our hearts, but to allow us to begin to see something and look to something greater. Am I talking to anybody in this room? Does anybody really believe this? Because God really wants us to touch heaven. He wants that. He really does because he knows once we touch heaven, we bring the solution. And God has all kinds of solutions. God has solutions for, in the medicine world that we haven't seen yet. Breakthroughs in the world of science that we haven't seen yet. I mean, listen, a lot of Christians are accused of being anti-sciencers. I love science. I hated English in school and I love science. I wouldn't pay attention in the English class. I regret it now. <laughs> but when I went to science, I was all ears because I loved all that stuff, and I still love it. There's breakthroughs in the world of scientific. There's breakthrough in the world of technology. There's all kinds of things that God has for this world. Because why? Because he wants to give the world a chance. He's not out to judge the world and the world and break the world down. Now, they may come a day when he does, but our business, that's his business. Our business is to keep doing the mission. Yeah, to bring light to the world. And when we begin to be that light, well, here's what it said in Revelation 3.3. 3. He said, this is what he told them. Are y'all good? He said, remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. See, repenting is powerful. Repenting is tapping into that. That's how you tap into it. It's through repentance. It's changing the way you think, shifting your thoughts to something else. Actually, you know, I love that old thing about repentance is re and pent, go back to the pent, the penthouse, the higher way. That's what it means. Go back up there and begin to see your life from up there. Begin, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We had to repent from living in the mud here to, and, and go back to that place. And you say, how do I do it? You just let the Lord help you. You need the Spirit of the Lord to help you do that. He's the Spirit of wisdom. He's the Spirit of revelation. And He will begin to do that in you, but you've got to get into agreement with Him. You've got to quit 
miring yourself down with stuff that discourages you and beats you up all the time. That's why he said, I will come upon you as, okay, therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you, upon you as a thief, and you know, will not know what hour I will come. So he was telling them, you know, you got to, you know, start seeing things different. Watching what the Lord's doing and start seeing that. Start seeing what he, he's doing. Mm, that's pretty good, I think. You know, one time I was with some friends and we were having this prayer meeting and it was rotten. You ever been to a rotten prayer meeting? Like, oh, Lord. Man, I got to get out of here. Why is this door shut? I need to go to the bathroom or something or get a drink of water. And, uh, and everything we was praying about was really important, right? But it was just, ugh. Then all of a sudden, something shifted. And, and literally, I began to see the answers to everything we were praying about. Not only that, but I saw all these other answers. I saw all these other things that I'd never seen before. Wonderful things that God wants for humanity. Wonderful things. He's looking for people who will begin to agree with him. Things in business, you know, solutions to problems, solutions to energy problems. God has all that, y'all. And, and, and so my thought is this. I believe the Lord's going to really move in the earth in terms of a revival, in terms of awakening. I'm, I'm a million percent bought into all that. I've been a million percent bought into that for years. I've staked my whole life on being a part of that. But I've also begun to see something a little differently. It's not just that. It's a much greater thing. That's just one, the spiritual part. There's a scientific part. There's a medical industry part. There's a business part that God wants to download amazing things into. He really does. He really does. He said something in there about don't spoil your garments with these dead, with this dead stuff. Don't spoil your garments with it. To me, that's talking about your thinking. Is don't let your thinking be spoiled. With this stuff that's just dead, this stuff that's wrong, this stuff that's evil. Don't let that become the thing in you. But begin to tap into something greater. Amen. That's that's a church at Sardis, man. They had a chance and they were dead. If they had a chance, we have a chance. Our country has a chance. The world has a chance. There's a chance from God if we will say yes to Him. We can see his chance released. And we're part of that release. Our little teeny part. Amen. Let me pray for you if you like. I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. Holy, it takes the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah. Come on, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, we love you. Tell the Holy Ghost you love him. Say, Holy Ghost, I love you. Hey, even if you don't love him, tell him you love him. He'll fix you. <laughs> You'll, you love Jesus, you love the Holy Ghost. Because you know what it says in Romans 8? That the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of Christ. So you can't not love the Holy Ghost if you love Jesus. You're just stuck with the Holy Spirit, y'all. If you're stuck with Jesus, you're stuck with Him. If you're stuck with Jesus, you can't escape Him. 
it's time for some of us to surrender afresh to the move of the Lord, to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you, and get out of your brain. Get out of your brain and get into your heart. Get out of your brain to the Word of God, I think. You know, the Word of God will really do something for you. Well, Lord, we want you to wash over us today. Mm-hmm. We want you to bring true repentance to us, Lord. Oh, Lord, help. Yeah. Mm. Just, we just ask you, Father, uh, I believe you want to give us all a second chance. And Lord, I just keep thinking about that muddy Jordan that you want us to become. Just, just not something beautiful and spectacular to the natural eye, but beautiful in heaven. That's really what you want us to become. And where people can come and experience you, Lord. Really experience healing and experience deliverance and just get that second chance or third chance or 500 chance from the God in heaven who sits on the throne who's made a covenant with humanity. And Jesus made sure that covenant was kept because none of us could keep it, but he keeps it. And so when we pray, we come under him knowing that we can say that Jesus kept the covenant so we can go to the throne of grace today and find mercy and grace, Lord. Lord, just release that. And thank you, Lord. Yeah, you go ahead, honey. I'm quit. Um, Jacob, can you play rest on us? Um, I was hearing that. I, didn't, I, I never know what Byron's going to preach, but um, I was hearing right at the very end as the Spirit was moving over the water. Spirit, come rest. On, come move over us. And I was just um, feeling that, you know, the Holy Spirit was brooding over the surface of the earth, over the water. And that's, you know, creation came forth, form came forth as the Spirit was brooding and moving. And that same Spirit has not left. That same Spirit is still brooding and moving over the waters and over the earth. And we need to keep our heads lifted high. Um, and believe that we, he's not done. He's in covenant, as Byron said, with man. So, amen. Just wanted you to play that as we're, you know, breaking up here. So. Just for the church. I think, I think that word, there is something better. It's for some of us. At least I feel when Byron, you said that, there was something released. So I want to invite you, if you want that something better, you just want you to just stand up and let's receive it. I, I was watching some of the some of you getting touched by the Holy Spirit. Love with Thomas, you guys, the Holy Spirit, just that fire being on you guys over there was amazing. So... Uh, I look too short, so I'm going to stand up on this thing here. So now, now it's better. Yeah, Rhonda, go ahead. You know, the truth is, is there's a choice. Because where I've been at this place, um, I can look on all the facts. And I can look on things in the Spirit. And it's a choice. And so I just, I just choose 
the spirit over the things that are in the natural. So what he was saying, you know, right now it may seem like the impossible. Doctors have said it's impossible. This is not going to happen. But I choose what the spirit says. So I just say today, choose the spirit. Choose what the spirit's brooding in your heart. You know, we and it may seem impossible, but we can choose. Choose life. Choose the spirit. Because that life is an eternal place. Well, I don't have anything else to add. So, Lord, just, just whoo, be released, Holy Spirit. Más fuego, Señor. Más fuego, Señor. Más de tu presencia, Señor. Más fuego, Señor. We need you, we need you Holy Spirit. Come, Spirit of God. I want what's best from you, Lord. I want that which better. Yes, Lord. Más de tu presencia, Señor. Más de tu presencia, Señor. Oh, yes, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Más fuego, Señor. Derrama de tu presencia, Jesús. Ven con el viento, con el poder de tu Espíritu Santo, Dios. Oh, Señor. Clamamos por este país, Dios. Derrama de tu Espíritu, Dios. Uh, sobre toda carne. Upon all flesh. I will pour out my spirit, says the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Woo. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. You're all me. is releasing solutions to problems business solutions and ideas the Lord is coming with healing yes Lord thank you Holy Spirit oh Holy Spirit
gracias, Lord. Dios. 